Hey. Hello. It's a Scottish person. Hello, hello. <laughs> wait, hello, wait, hello. hold on. Ryan didn't tell us that. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta go. Oh, well, bye then. <laughs> <laughs> this is the AT Banter Podcast. A balanced and entertaining look at assistive technology, accessibility, and its importance in people's lives. Join Rob Minot, Ryan Fleury, and Steve Barclay as they banter with people around the world about anything and everything regarding assistive technology and the disability community. Now, on with the show. Hey, and welcome to another episode of Hey T Banter. Banter, banter. Wait for it. Geez, I got to get my banter banter in there before you go wailing on that thing, Ryan. It went flying across the room. <laughs> yeah, I think that was a swing and a miss there, mostly. Yeah. No, it was hard on the side. Really? <laughs> You've, then it was so hard that it clipped the sound. Okay, let's must... try it one more time. <laughs> Can't even get the intro right. Fire. Hey, and welcome to another episode of AT Banter. Banter, banter. See, that was perfect, you guys. That was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> um, Third time's a charm. That's right. My name is Rob Minow. Uh Joining me today, Mr. Ryan Flurry. Hello. And Mr. Steve Barkley. Good day, y'all. You know what I find? Uh, now that we're not in the same room anymore, well, I mean, I guess virtually we're in the same room. We're in the anti-gloom Zoom room. But no, I mean, not being in the same physical space, I find that I screw the introductions up a bit. Like, I used to have an order because I, my, I'd be facing Steve and I'd be like, I introduce Steve and I'll go over and introduce Ryan. And now that we're doing this virtually, it's kind of like just, it's random every time. I just don't have that visual cue. It's weird. Yeah, you know, it was actually uh, random when we were in the room together. I too. feel, really? I feel like I had a format. <laughs> I feel like I had a Although, I don't know, I, maybe I'm just wistfully just, you know, romanticizing the memories of the Guitar Dungeon. There was no romance in the Guitar Dungeon. <laughs> Not while I was there, anyway. No, it, I don't know. It, it's, it is weird. I, have you guys been doing that? Like, do you just kind of wistfully remember the days of, like, going to a pub? Not really. No. I went to a pub. I went to a pub last week. Really? What, last weekend. What was it like? Did they have, like... It was uh, it, it, um, it was very well thought out. Um, they had uh, they had a, a station that you, when you went in, you had to you know wash your hands at the station. They seated you. They stayed socially distanced from you for as much as they could. Um, they had cut back the number of tables in the pub so that the the tables were really well spaced. Now this, fortunately for them, it, they had a really large floor plan. So they, they had room to do it. You, you know, you couldn't necessarily do that in a smaller pub. But uh, yeah, it was it was it was good. And uh, they made sure that um, when they uh, brought us our, our bill, that they took down a, a name and phone number from somebody at the table so that should they ever have an outbreak, um, they can do the social um, tracing. Oh, uh, yeah. Chase them all down. So, yeah, it was it was. Uh, it was a really, um, you know, it was hmm. a good, a good opening for them, and um, you know, they're. Uh, uh, it was nice to get out and sit down and have somebody bring me beer and food and, 
you know, just hang out for a while. Did you feel like nervous at all? Or? No, not at all. Really? Not at yeah. All. See, I don't know. I don't think I'm ready for that yet. I just, I feel like I would just be on edge, even though, you know, clearly they're doing everything they can. It's just, I don't know. I think I would just, at the end of the day, I'd just be like, I just should have just ordered, skipped the dishes and all right, ate on my balcony. This week. <laughs> that's it for COVID this week. Move on. <laughs> all right. Fair. Fair enough. Uh, hey, Ryan, we got a big show today, so tell people what the heck we're doing. Well, today we are speaking with host and creator of Double Tap, the podcast on AMI, Double Tap TV, and he is the one and only Stephen Scott. Mm. Cool. Very cool. This is a big player. Yeah, I'm excited to get him on. You know, I listen to Double Tap podcast and I watch Double Tap TV from time to time when I'm, when I'm available. And, you know, there's a lot of great content and he's very well spoken, energetic, enthusiastic, and it's just a lot of fun. So I'm glad we could get him on. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, all right. Well, you know what? Speaking of that, I don't want to waste too much time talking about much uh, else because I, I really want to get Stephen on. Um, anything, anything that you guys want to talk about before we launch in? Next week is National Accessibility Week. <gasps> Ooh. That's all. <laughs> and we have nothing to say about that. Uh, yeah. Well, we've talked uh, about previous shows. You know, we need to start looking ahead at these things, right? Yeah, well, that's true. Last week was Global Accessibility Awareness Day. Man, see, all these weeks and days, there's so many of them, they're very hard to track. I will say that. Yeah, there's probably a calendar of these events somewhere. I wonder what what concept, what who picks who gets a day and who gets a whole week. <laughs> who picks? Like, is there a is there a committee? Is there a board? Can we get an AT Banter Appreciation Day? I think mm. we're gonna. We started the show. I think it was about May fifteenth or sixteenth of twenty sixteen. So I think that week of May every year is gonna be AT Banter Week. Oh, okay. Yeah. Good plan. Good plan. Yeah. All right. Let's submit it to the board. Which board? I am the board. I don't, well, yeah. I don't know. Whoever, whoever, <laughs> fine. Uh, Accepted. Ex- <laughs> Seconded. Um, All in favor? Aye. Aye. All opposed? Passed unanimously. Oh. These board meetings are easy. Super. <laughs> All right, well, listen, if, we, if nobody has anything, let's get right to it and bring on Stephen. I'm already here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you want another one? Okay, sure. Yes, hey, wait. you can never have is, too many Stevens. Is this, is this some sneaky way of uh, upgrading your Steve? No. No, <laughs> it's not Paul. <laughs> you. Steve you 2.0. The one and the only Steve. We're going, we're upgrading from Steve M.E. to Steve, what was after M.E.? Was that 95? Or no, was it 95 and then M.E.? Where did M.E. fall in that hole? After 98. Yeah, it was after 98. Oh, was it? Yeah. Oh, geez. My memory's starting to go. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Going straight to Steve 2000. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Joining us now is Stephen Scott from Double Tap TV and the Double Tap Podcast. Introductions. All right. So, Stephen, joining me in the Zoom room is Rob Minot. Well, hello there. 
we have Steve Barclay. Hello again. And myself, Ryan Flurry. Guys, joining us is Stephen Scott from Double Tap TV, Double Tap Canada, and where else? Royal National Museum oh. for the Blind, Circles Media. He's everywhere. He's everywhere. Yeah, exactly. I'm um, everywhere. I'm all over the place. Okay. I think that's a compliment. I, you know, <laughs> that's that's one of the best introductions I've ever heard him do, incidentally. So <laughs> <laughs> you should you I'm should honored. feel very honored. I'm honored. Uh, yeah. Well, hey, listen. Thanks for uh, for taking some time and chatting. Uh, we we know that the uh, the time difference is a little brutal over there. It's what? Yeah. It's. I think Tuesday of 1987 over there, isn't it? Oh, it's more like 1975, I think. <laughs> or maybe that's just the social status. I'm never quite sure in this country. It changes every day. So, yeah, well, why, don't we, why don't we start out and just give us a little bit of, of your trajectory. Where, um, where did you first g get involved with uh, the RNIB? Well, the RNIB was an interesting one for me because I started out with, I mean, going way, way back to, you know, as a child, as a poor, defenseless child, uh, it was all about um, being a TV ca uh, cameraman. That was what I wanted to be. That was, I always, I love television. I loved the idea of uh, being a TV cameraman. I used to make TV cameras out of big boxes. Mm. Uh, it was ridiculous. And... Um, the obsession grew to the point where someone said to me at the age of 14, okay, we'll take you to a TV station and we'll let you try it out. And I tried it and it was boring. I really found it boring and I couldn't see anything. So it seemed pretty pointless in some ways. Uh, so I thought this career is not going to go anywhere. And then a friend of mine introduced me to a blind guy who ran a hospital radio station, which a bit like, I guess, like college radio elsewhere in the States and Canada. It's very much, you know, college radio you might start in. Well, hospital radio is the big thing here, at least it used to be. And um, I got into that, and then I got into commercial radio, and I worked in talk radio for a long time, did talk shows, and did the music stuff, introducing Rihanna or whatever was a hit in the early 90s and early 2000s. And... Um, off I went and into this weird world of commercial radio. And then, uh, strangely, this program controller came in one day and he said to me, um, we want to take you off air because your voice is too serious for our fun, upbeat show, <laughs> which I thought was just <laughs> hilarious. Uh, but they thought it was a good idea. So they put me in news and I fell in love with doing the news. I just thought this is brilliant, bringing people information that's interesting to them. I get far more personal response, not, not so much about me, but about the stories. And I just felt it all f just felt a bit more valuable than just sitting playing Rihanna. So um, then I saw an ad for RNIB, uh, which was called at the time VIP on air. Uh, terrible name and they had this name for this channel and uh, I, I thought okay what's this all about there was an internet radio station at the time and it was the RNIB that were behind it and the local city council was paying for some money into it and it all seemed very worthy and I wasn't particularly keen because I thought well I'm working in commercial radio do I really want to move away from commercial radio to go to this internet radio I mean it was all very new then and um I thought, right, okay, what, what do I do here? Do I, do I do this? And then the management of the radio station changed because I uh, heard that our guy who used to run one of Scotland's biggest commercial radio stations went off to run this radio station. So I thought, well, hang on a minute. If he's running it and he's a good guy, 
then maybe I should consider this. Maybe if he's thinking it's okay, then, then I could think it's okay. So I went along, I had a chat with them, and then a couple of months later, uh, I got a job interview, and I got it, and suddenly I thought, okay, I'm now in a weird position because I'm getting paid, you know, kind of real money uh, in a real job, not just, you know, under the fence, over the whatever. Um, and it was all very nice, and I, I, I kind of fell in love with it, and I've been there now for... Gosh, uh, coming up on 14 years. Wow. And I've never thought I'd be there that long. I'm sure they think the same. But um, I, I never thought I'd be there that long. But yeah, that was it. That's how I got into the whole world of RNIB. So it was kind of because of my past, in a sense, that drew me to it. Was that sort of fusion between visual impairment, my own experience, um, and, and radio. You know, I just thought, well, I can bring a whole host of different things to this. And... Um, well, I'll let them decide whether it worked or not, but, you know, I think it did. So that's now called RNIB Connect Radio, is that correct? That's right. It moved on. It became Insight Radio for a while, and then it became, which I, it was a much better name, and then uh, RNIB Connect Radio, which was um, I, I, just a really great sort of build into the brand because, you know, the radio station wasn't truly part of RNIB when I joined it. It now is, so it made sense to be branded that way. And, um, yeah, it, it's, it's just really cool. It's great to work with a bunch of people who are also blind and partially sighted, and sighted guys and girls as well, who, you know, really all just chip in and, and you know, bring some great stories to air every single day. What What is your eye condition? It's terrible. That's what it is. <laughs> um, so I'm really lucky because I've got four eye conditions. Um, I'm so pleased about that. I mean, if, am I beating all of you guys? Because, you know, I, I think this yeah. is cool. Yeah. Definitely. <laughs> It's a great game, isn't it? How many eye conditions do you have? Uh, well, for me, it's four. Uh, let me go wow. through them. So really boring. Uh, optic nerve hypoplasia, okay. uh, which basically means my optic nerve never developed properly as a young child. Uh, I've got nystagmus, which doesn't... I don't really understand what nystagmus means to me. I mean, I know it, it causes movement of the eye and it, and it does affect a lot of people's vision. It, it, for a lot of people who only have nystagmus, you might not be able to drive, that kind of thing. But coupling it with the optic nerve problem seems to have created more issues. And I'll, I'll talk more about that in a minute. But um, there's that. There's a photophobia, which doesn't mean I'm terrified of myself in a picture, although <laughs> arguably I am. Uh, but no, actually, it's about f light, essentially, light sensitivity, um, as you guys all know. And um, color blindness, which is great. Um, so, yeah, mix all that together and you get uh, a big, blurry, black and white mess. <laughs> <laughs> the, the jiggles. Yeah, and the jiggles to go with it. Yeah, the world yeah. just constantly shifts around, yeah. I mean, the thing was, my, my vision got a lot worse in the last four years, and I think that's where things have kind of changed for me in a lot of ways and you know listeners to double tap or, or tech talk will know that i've been doing this this i've been almost bringing the listeners with me on this because i've kind of needed them as much as you know they might say they enjoy the show and all the rest i think i've needed them more over the past few years because you know learning jaws for example learning how to use voiceover on the iphone and trusting it to do it and, and not constantly trying to use what vision and poor vision i've got left is, is a real challenge. Learning Braille over the past couple of years has been interesting. So, you know, it's just been a whole kind of whirlwind, almost like I feel like I've been dipped into the sea of blindness. Um, and I'm embracing it, you know, w like some kind of evangelist, um, which is, is in, in a way, feels kind of good. You know, it's almost like I'm joining the dark side. Um, and, 
Yeah, I mean, uh, before that, it wasn't, and I now know this, it wasn't anywhere near as bad as I thought my vision was, that's for sure. I thought my vision was pretty bad then, but wow. <laughs> it's interesting because we talk to a lot of people who you know are, are dealing with that transition from partially sighted to blindness and just kind of reaching that point where is, you know, 15, 16 times magnification actually efficient and working for you? Or do you take yeah. the and, and learn a screen reader, right? So yeah, interesting to, to hear your, your story. So what was that experience like for you starting down that path of assistive technology? Were you really surprised at, at what kind of technology was out there and, and in existence? Or did you have a sense of that before? I had a sense of it for a long time because my uh, in my school days I was around a lot of other blind people um, who, who were using all kinds of tech like braille tech and uh, desktop video magnification and uh, screen readers although early days screen readers and yeah I mean it, it was there and I was aware of it but I, I was able to sort of get around a lot of it by and I, I now realize looking back you know I used to always think as a kid that I, I just sort of skirted through things, it just kind of got past them and, you know, maybe passed an exam, but really didn't know why, because, you know, I had barely done any revision for it, or if I had, it, you know, didn't make any sense to me because I never got through the whole book I was meant to get through. And that was, that was interesting because, you know, when I look back on it, I realized it was all vision related. You know, I just couldn't see the book. So I was I maybe just thought of myself as skimming through it, but actually, I wasn't getting very much information at all, although how the hell I passed my hires and my, my you know, education is beyond me um, for that reason. So, I, but, you know, when the technology sense, I got used to using all of this um, or, or used to being around all, I, sh I should say, actually, that's more truthful. I was more around the tech than I was using it. I used CCTVs or desktop video magnifiers as they are now, used those a lot, and um, that was basically how I did all my studies. And then at, at the age I was at school, we got MacBook, well, PowerBooks in at that point. And it was the one that was the first PowerBook, um, one of the first ones out, I think. And it was the 140, which had a big ball for a mouse instead of a trackpad. So <laughs> you had a big ball right below the keyboard and you had buttons. Uh, you know, it's kind of similar to what you, you have now, I suppose. And yeah, it was it was a, a wonderful little machine. And I did all my schoolwork on that and all the text was up at, you know, 48 point. And anybody who, you know, if I wanted to save a file, I'd have to do it, you know, by getting somebody else to do it because none of the menus spoke. So I just had to, you know, get someone else to say, Excuse, could, you, could you save this file for me or, you know, whatever it was. Um, but yeah, it was, it, that kind of technology was around me. I guess in the last four years, because I've started using a lot of this technology, it really has changed my view on not only the uh, the technology itself and what it's capable of, but also the validity of it. I often used to talk, and I remember talking for years on air about you know the cost of specialist technology versus mainstream. Why should you buy a Victor Reader Stream when you could just do it all on an iPhone? But then when you start to use a Victor Reader Stream and you start to rely on it and you start to lose enough vision that using an iPhone is challenging to do those basic tasks or those things that you can do very quickly with a Victor Reader, like enjoy a book and skip through it nice and easily, you know, enjoy it without any notifications popping up all over the place and having to get rid of those and voiceover talking all over everything. That's when you start to see the value in it. 
And I don't think I ever realized that until it hit me. And I, I think that's probably the case for a lot of people who lose their sight. I, I've just had a much longer period to adjust to this. Um, even though the past four years have been fairly rapid descent, the previous umpteen years have been a case of, you know, a slow progression to this point and kind of catching little bits, almost like walking up the aisle of assistive tech every single day and going, oh, yeah, okay, this is all here. Yeah, I'll never need it. But, yeah, that's good to know. Yeah, yeah, okay. And then suddenly it's like, God, I need all this stuff. Mm. And, um, yeah, it's, it's shown me the value of it for sure. Well, you know, you bring up an interesting point, um, and that's something that we, I think, sometimes forget. <clears throat> you know, for for many years, we, we've been talking about things like um, screen readers and that are, that are bundled in with um, operating systems, uh, and the fact that mainstream and assistive technology are kind of merging a bit where more mainstream technologies have built-in accessibility. But you kind of forget that there is a real advantage to having a device that is completely dedicated um, because it, it can eliminate all those like superfluous things or features that either get in the way or you're not going to use. And, it's, and it can be a very focused device. And for a lot of people that com combined with the ease of use and the fact that it, it is designed to say for somebody who's visually impaired, that can be a really big plus that, that a mainstream device never is going to have. Yeah, exactly. And, and that's, I almost wish sometimes I could get a computer that was just built for blind people. And, and you, know, you could probably tell me that there is something out there that does it. But what I, what I mean by that is something that is just a simple arrow up, down, left, right, you know, email one, two, three, you know, it could be number one is, is, you know, send an email. Number two is, you know, search something on Google. Number three is, you know, just something really, really simple. And there are products like that. I mean, there's, there's one from the UK called Dolphin Guide, which is, is exactly that, actually. It's a very simple, easy to use system. And at first, I used to always kind of laugh off those things as being a bit, you know, childish in my first computer. And, I, did, I thought, you know, do I really want, would I want to use that? I mean, would I encourage someone else to use it? But when you start to realize, well, it is built purely for blind people and you don't have all that annoying notification nonsense and, and all this other superfluous stuff that you have on screen and you can just get to what you need to really quickly, it does make things easier. I don't know how you guys feel about this and, and I often try and get people's views on this on the show, but I sometimes wonder what your thoughts are on things like screen readers because I feel... It just, it's just, it is just added on, you know, it, it, whatever way you look at it, no matter whether it was built from the ground up along with the operating system itself, or whether it's been added on later or improved over time, and we all know I'm, ta I'm talking here about voiceover on the Mac and a narrator on the PC, um, but, you know, on those specifics, you know, I, I just feel it's always an add-on. And it always feels like an add-on because you get things like I mean, Windows 10, for example, pop-ups just show up telling you of a notification. And it's like, how do I get to that notification? Where is it? And now it's gone. Oh, well, that's that then. I wanted to read that email or I'd like to read that message or where the hell is it? And it, with all that going on, you think sometimes it's just it's, it's it is accessible. Yes, but usable. Well, you know, t maybe 80 percent of the time. Well, yeah, and it is interesting because I don't get the sense that, because I think you're you're absolutely right. I think that 
you know, in in terms of development, it very much is an add-on because you have a completely different group who are working on the accessibility features, say, of Windows. We'll we'll pick on Windows. Um, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool um, with that. You know, they they develop the operating system, and then they have the accessibility team who are working on, say, Narrator that is going to tie into the operating system. But it's still not being developed. There, it's not all being baked together. There still have these elements that, you know, are just uh, an add-on to the operating system. And I think that that shows up in things like notifications and stuff where they didn't think it through in terms of, okay, well, great. How how does somebody intuitively who has a visual impairment get to that notification? And mm -hmm. it's things like that that at the at the you know the development level you can kind of tell that essentially it still is a little bit of an add-on keep in yeah. mind keep in mind though too that it's only been you know the last five to seven years that microsoft has actually had a pretty big push on accessibility and including accessible functional accessibility into their products you know yeah jaws has been around 20 25 years nvda has been around 10 11 years you know, we have to give Microsoft some credit, though, for giving us an out-of-box out of experience that is actually usable. Now, that, of course, that's in, cav in, in quotations and with caveats because what's usable to me isn't necessarily usable to somebody else. But, you know, we are getting there. Yeah, I, I, I actually agree with you on that. I mean, I think that I always like to knock Microsoft and I like to knock Apple as well, actually, because, you know, Apple don't have it right either. And I think the interaction system with with Apple's voiceover on the Mac is just such a nightmare to get your head around. Once you get there, it's okay. But still, sometimes you're navigating around, navigating around, navigating around, and you're thinking, where is this? And you go, oh, hang on, I've got to go into this group first. Right, okay. Uh, and, it, you know, you get there. Whereas, you know, Windows in that respect is a little bit simpler because you can get through more and arguably narrator gets into the menus and you know digs a bit deeper than than even JAWS can in some cases. Not all the time, but sometimes. And and actually the thing about Microsoft I will say is that they've put a huge amount of effort in, especially in the last couple of years. I know you're saying that kind of five year period, but I'd say even shorter period than that. Certainly in the last two years, I mean narrator really has been pushed. Uh, and, and huge strides have been made to make it a more functional screen reader. Even a simple thing like, you know, adding in the ability to do your insert F7 for links and things like that, you know, just bringing it in line right. with the other screen readers. That's a brilliant thing. Because what I like about that is that if you use JAWS, you can use Narrator. It's not the same, but it's not dissimilar. You can figure it out. And I really like that about it. The one thing I find about Apple is to knock them now for a while, is that um, they only have one screen reader. You only get one choice, which I've never really understood. No one's ever come up with a second one that I'm aware of. Um, and maybe you don't need to, and that's fine. But I don't know, there's no competition on that side. Whereas on the Windows side, you've got NVDA, you've got JAWS, you've got you've got Narrator itself, you know, you've got all that, that lovely stuff. Um, but no, I, it's a really interesting thing because I've, I've found using all kinds of uh, these operating systems, I mean, I, I'm obviously testing a lot of stuff for the show. Uh, Apple's the one I've settled on, Apple's voiceover on the Mac, because I, uh, I, a couple of reasons for that. 
just because of my workflow more than anything else. I use Windows all the time as well. So what I've done is I've, I've bought myself a fairly decent MacBook Pro, which can run a VM. And so I've got virtual machine running, uh, VM uh, where Fusion running with Windows 10. And then I can switch to that. And, and that's partly because one thing I haven't done yet is learned how to use another audio editor um, without Vision. The only one I can use without Vision is Adobe Audition version 3, which is really old and will stop working at some point. So I'm going to have to learn Reaper or Audacity or something really, really soon. Uh, but at the moment, it's Adobe Edition, and that, I run that on the Windows side. So that's how I function. But I actually prefer to live on the Mac side. But that's because I'm an Apple guy. I don't like, you know, I don't mind saying that. I'm an Apple guy. Everything I have is Apple. Um, I've even, uh, I just bought myself a, a charging mat in the shape of the Apple logo. Uh, that's how pathetic I am. Um, but you know, but I do, I love it. And I love the, the way that you can sit and do your text messages on it. You can FaceTime or, or just call someone on it. Um, I can be working on one thing on, on Mac and you know doing a Zoom call on the Mac side and working my Outlook on Windows. I mean, it's just, it's a brilliant system for that. But I do like Windows as well. I, I, I don't dislike it. The one I find most challenging is Chrome. Uh, Chromevox, which is, um, yeah, that's a work in progress for sure. Oh, yeah. uh, you know, it's, <laughs> it's a little bit early in the day maybe to be knocking them, but, you know, compared to where everyone else is, it, it could be better. And uh, there are some basics that are missed on it. But it's okay. It's it's navigable, but it's it's not perfect. Um, but, I mean, there, there are lots of inconsistencies with screen readers, and I, I find this with, especially with Apple, because, um, so I love the iPhone, love using it with a keyboard, more recently a Braille display, and I love using my Mac. But if I go to my iPad, I find the experience totally different. Certain commands don't work or certain commands don't travel the same. So a keyboard command I might use on one won't apply to the other. I don't still don't understand why command tab only works on the iPad and not on the phone. Because it'd be brilliant to run that on the phone. It'd be so much easier than having to use the app switcher. But it's just those little things that that kind of pop up and you think, oh, you know, I wish that was available there. And why is that different here? And how does that work? You've got to relearn everything all the time. And that's one thing I don't understand, considering Apple's sort of universal design theory. But um, no, I, I, it's an interesting time. And I think the good thing is, out of all of this, we've got so much choice. We right. do have so much choice. And you can try things out. If you've got a computer, you can turn on Narrator. Don't even buy it. Spend a fortune on, on JAWS. As good as JAWS is, and I do like it, and I use it for work, you know, would I pay for it? Probably not. I'd probably get NVDA. Um, you know, but that's that's just where where I am. You know, but it's it, like I say, just plenty of choice. Yeah, I think it's interesting that the, um, you know, on the Apple side, you mentioned that there's no other screen reader available for it. Um, you know, ZoomText tried coming out with a Mac version a while back, yes, and it right. just it just didn't go anywhere. Nobody nobody really bought it. Um, and I think that when people do get into Mac, in a lot of cases, they are doing it because they already know that the accessibility is in there and they're not even going to consider another product, even though, you know, the Zoom text for Mac probably had some features that, you know, the built-in magnification uh, doesn't have. Um, it just, for the average user, it just wasn't worthwhile. Yeah. And going back, backing the truck up a little bit, I mean... And, and this isn't just because we're trying to get Jenny Fleury on the uh, the show or anything <laughs> that we're trying to, to butter, butter Microsoft up or anything. But, you know, yes, absolutely. You have to give them credit for, you know, for accessibility becoming 
um, much more of a priority for for them. Um, I just mean, you know, in terms of the development cycle and the fact that this the, the idea of universal design and inclusivity like really needs to to sort of trickle down to that development level where they're they're figuring out the actual nuts and bolts of say an operating system and going okay well how can we design this that it's accessible right from right from the get-go as opposed mm. to we're going to develop something and then yeah we've got this accessibility team over here that's going to figure out how to actually make it accessible well, this is the problem that you have. The te that is part of the problem is that the team are over here and you've got all the other guys working over here and they don't meet. It's, it's almost one's mopping up the other's mess. And that's not ideal. On your point, though, about, you know, knocking Microsoft and, and Apple or, or not knocking them, you know, I think that's a really important point, actually, because one thing I've always done is try to be as fair as I can. If something's terrible, I'll say it's terrible. But actually... I would never, ever say that Microsoft have done anything terrible or Apple have done anything terrible or, or Google have done anything terrible with, with Chromebox. I mean, you know, they're trying. And the, the thing is, I get knocked for this sometimes. People say, oh, well, you know, I mean, they, they should do more than try uh, if they want us to use their products. And, yeah, okay, that's fair to a point. But I think we should be encouraging these companies. And I, and I feel what, what I do and, and what I think you guys do and, and what a lot of podcasters out there are doing is try to highlight the the issues but in a really constructive way and I think that's important you know because it isn't about knocking them if, and if anyone does knock them I just I'm not going to listen to them because that's to someone to say this is terrible well you know that's to say Windows 10 is terrible and I used to I heard that a lot when it came out was ridiculous oh, a whole operating system's useless wow that's that's quite a, <laughs> that's quite an assertion to make um, of course it isn't. You know, there's maybe one flaw somewhere or a couple of flaws somewhere, and they'll fix it in the next release. But you've got to tell them. Tell them what the problem is because they may have missed it. So I always say to people, get in touch with the company, whatever, whatever product you have or whatever issue you have, get in touch. And Google's a great example of this, actually, because Google are now on Be My Eyes and um, on the app. And I can go in there. And I had a problem uh, a couple of weeks back. I was trying something on my Chromebook, and I couldn't get it to do it. So I thought, what I'll do is I'll contact Google, see if they know the answer. Turned out that what I was asking it to do had changed, that the, the whole key commands thing had changed. And the website from Google was wrong, the accessibility site. So they were like, oh, we're going to change that immediately. And then within a day, it was changed. Wow. And I thought, well, that's brilliant. Because you know what we've done is we've identified a problem, we've figured out the solution, and then we've told everyone else. So great, everybody wins. That's what it's about, you know? So. I think, yes, we should absolutely, we, we all, I mean, I, Double Tap guys and the Tech Talk guys, we always have a laugh at all of these companies for various things. Um, but truthfully, I am, I actually often end my show by saying, I'm grateful. I'm really grateful to the hard work you put in. You know, you're sitting there slogging your guts out in, in some room somewhere, um, you know, coding away, trying to make this work. Probably very few people take notice. Well, we take notice. We, we blind people that you're doing this for, we take notice and we thank you for it and we salute you for it. So, um, yeah. So, well done to all of them, I see. Especially oh. Microsoft and you, Jenny Lee Flurry. We love you, Jenny, Jenny Lee. Jenny Lee Flurry, yeah, she's brilliant, yeah. <laughs> Interviewed her once. She's lovely. You we, should get it, her on. She's brilliant. Jenny, it'd be all softball questions. 
Don't worry about that. <laughs> oh, you don't listen. You don't worry about Jenny. Listen. She can handle herself. Um, well, okay. You don't, tell us. Okay. <clears throat> so, let's talk a little bit about double tap. Okay. What do you guys do over there? I have no idea. Um, <laughs> so somebody said some at some point uh, while I was working at RNIB, uh, the good and, and wonderful guys actually at uh, Accessible Media Inc. AMI actually came across to to Glasgow where our, our RNIB studios are, and um, we had a really nice conversation. And what happened was uh, the RNIB were asked to. Uh, provide and, and create a, a version of our tech talk show for AMI and it was made for a year and at the end of that year AMI said um, okay we're not going to go down that route anymore we're going to come to you Stephen because we'd like you to produce a show for us so they kind of wanted me to, to go and do it so I was like, okay all right so I, I, I gave it some thought and I, I came up with this idea called Double Tap which I think we all know why I called it Double Tap but does everybody get that? Yeah, everybody gets the double tap point. I'm assuming it's iPhone related. Yeah, of course it is. It's always Apple. But no, I figured I mean, you right. always wanted to shoot somebody. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. I didn't know the zombie reference for a long time, and and someone said, and I'm like, "Oh my God, what have I done?" Um, but no. Uh, although that's there's some truth there. But anyway, let's not go there. Uh, but yeah, so um, I came up with this idea, and I thought, okay, we'll see what they think. And um, I thought we'd get a year. <laughs> and they'd say, okay, that was a laugh, but, you know, let's be serious now and let's do something else. And they kept coming back and saying, let's do another year and let's do another year. And basically, Double Tap is um, a bunch of guys and hopefully soon more girls because we want to get some women on the show because we're all a bit, a bit of a sausage party at times and it gets a bit... <laughs> even I get annoyed at that. Tell so, me about it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> No idea what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> no idea. Um, but yeah, so I, I uh, you know, we basically get together and we get to talk about tech for an hour on the radio. And it's um, it's amazing. You know, we get to talk about it with that accessibility viewpoint, which is key for us because, you know, there's lots of tech shows and umpteen YouTube review reviewers and, you know, podcasters talking all kinds of stuff, but very few talking about accessible technology um you know obviously you guys <laughs> exceptions um but you know th there are very few and actually more importantly there's very few good ones you know you guys are in the, the good category for sure oh um, i like you you can come back <laughs> but no seriously you know there's very few because some of them you listen to and you think oh these are terrible um and you know the audio quality is not great and it's just not it's not as great or well done and you just think eh. so you know i, I think and that's you know that's okay that's fine and everyone's got to start somewhere but you know look we're on the radio we've got to make it sound good so um that's what we do and um you know having my radio background bringing that uh, has you know been an absolute uh, joy for me because I, I get back to doing what i love which is talk radio and that's kind of what i'm doing here i'm kind of bringing the radio aspect in with the technology and having a great fun with my my good old buddy sean priest and tim schwartz yeah, and so that's the Double Tap Canada podcast. Yeah. So, and that's available on AMI-audio as well, right? That's right. So that's on AMI-audio. You can listen to that. You're going to ask me when, and I can never remember. It's <laughs> terrible, isn't it? I can't even promote my own show because I don't know when it's on. No, I should know when it's on. It's Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern. That's what I'm led to believe. Right, and also available on all the podcast clients and web services. Yeah. That's right. I'm in my bed when it's on because it's, you know, it's like one in the morning. 
Well, what I find interesting, and I, and I wanted to ask you this, and Rob will probably edit this out, but okay. it's called Double Tap Canada, mm. yet there's no Canadian hosts on the show. Not yet. <laughs> Well, that's because, um, you see, I, I think I'm like 1 400th Canadian, so I think that applies, doesn't it? <laughs> Do you have a girlfriend in Canada? That's that's usually the go-to. I think my wife might have something to say about that. Um, <laughs> I was in Toronto last year, but I can't tell you what happened for legal reasons. Um, but no, um, I, I just, I, we did the show, and it was called Double Tap Canada partly because and it's this very technical reason, right? It doesn't. It's, this is maybe very boring, but it will explain it. It was called Double Tap Canada because when it was Tech Talk, they wanted to distinguish it from being the same show. They wanted it to be a Canadian show for Canada, right? So it wasn't going to be a, a British program made and you know sort of delivered overseas. It was actually made for the Canadian audience. So that was for that reason why it was given that name. But I think you'll probably find in the next few months. And I'm not preempting anything, but I think you'll probably find that word Canada disappears soon um, as we get a bit more of an international view on it. But actually, truthfully, we're really working hard to get new voices through who can come through and are Canadian, you know, because that's important because we're kind of broadcasting in Canada. So it'd be nice, I guess, for Canadians to hear their own accent from time to time. Well, or I, I could be wrong. I don't know. I hate hearing Scottish people. So, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, let me ask you this. What of recent say in the past year what mm. what piece of tech has really got you excited wow that's a hard question um i guess for me um probably two two answers to that one is sort of more generally for everyone and but for me personally it was my focus 14 braille display uh mm. which is a bit old tech i guess but um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it's fifth gen, it's decent, it's new, but it was, um, it did kind of blow me away at what it was capable of with an iPhone. And I had it for about two, three months before I actually ever used it because I, I, I didn't know what to do. And I just assumed it was going to be really complicated. And I thought, I'll never learn this. And um, I'd, I'd finished grade one, I was starting in grade two, and I've kind of still been still going through grade two at the moment because it's it's taking me forever with everything else I'm doing. So I'm trying to kind of shoehorn in time to, to do that and really nail that. But I've got grade one down, so I'm, I'm happy to use the iPhone with the, the Braille display on that. But when I, when I hooked it up and realized very quickly how simple it was to use, especially with those uh, navigation rockers on either side of the display that the Focus 14 has, it just makes it so much easier to navigate through your iPhone. I mean, I, the one thing I love about the iPhone is uh, well, what, what do I not love about it? But one thing in particular is the sort of, as I would call it, the list approach, which is that every single window you're on is a list. You just navigate through that list. Uh, like we were saying earlier, you know, this superfluous content that's all over the place on a computer screen because you've got such large real estate and you've got things going on all over the place. You don't have that with an iPhone as much. Yeah, you do have drop-down notifications or banner ads or whatever that pops up. But those are easy to deal with, and you can get to them, you can navigate to them, you can deal with them. Whereas, you know, with a, a Windows PC or a Mac, it's a bit more complicated. But no, I love the, the display for that because I can really, really get into some serious work on it, and I feel I can navigate and deal with things quickly. My inbox gets cleared in the morning so more, so much more quickly with using it than, than using anything else. Um, so I guess that is, is one thing. Um, I'm trying to think of something else that's really blown my mind because there, you know, it's, it's, there's so many things that pass by my desk 
all the time. And I guess I think, wow. Um, I guess the other, actually, is, is the other thing that I would say is part of my setup on a day-to-day on -day basis, my Braille display, my iPhone, and my Bose frames. That's mm. probably the other piece of tech I would say is a bit of a wow moment because right. they work really well. You know, they're really great. And I think for voiceover users or any screen reader user, it's a really great tool because you don't have things jammed in your ear all the time, which get sore and, you know, you end up with ear problems and it's all very horrible. So, no, I, I love having those on because I can enjoy listening to my voice without it really grating on me. And also, just because, again, of my light sensitivity, I wear sunglasses all the time. So, you know what? It kind of makes sense to wear sunglasses all the time that happen to have speakers built in. So, yeah, those are my woes at the moment, I think. Now, now that's the, those are the eyeglass frames that have what the, are the speakers in the arms? Is that how it works? Yeah, so they're not bone conduction because a lot of people think that's what they are. So that's what I thought when I got them. But they're actually, um, as Bose calls it, down-firing uh, speakers. So they fire the audio into your ear. Now, it does mean that at higher volumes, everybody else gets that sound fired into their ear as well, um, which may not be as much fun. But, you know, working from home as I'm doing a lot now, obviously, as we all are, um, it doesn't matter. You know, it doesn't make any difference. So I can, I can work away in relative peace, knowing that I'm not bothering anybody because I'm in my own room and my wife is, you know, next door working in, in her office and do what she's doing. I can, you know, sit in here, get on with what I'm doing, and not worry so much about that noise. So yeah, I, I like it. I can have privacy, but you know, open privacy, if that makes any sense at all. How do you see haptics these days? Um, you know, months ago before, before, you know, sort of the world all went crazy, um, we, were, we were sort of had a lot of shows where we were talking about haptics and different um, new technologies that, that they were trying to pair haptics with to try to make some sort of mobility solution. What's your take mm. on those? Um, yeah, this is really interesting. We just talked about this on, on uh, a recent Double Tap. In fact, this one that's, that's going out um, this week, I think. And um, it's, it's I, my excitement around haptics isn't really around the mobility field, although I get it because, you know, I can see that there have been benefits. I mean, technology like, for example, the, the WeWalk cane, which has got that kind of haptic right. feedback in well, vibratory feedback, I guess, but it is, I guess, haptic to some degree. Um, you've got that feedback coming through the cane while you walk. I don't know if I like that idea. You know, I, I feel my cane gives me a lot of information as it is. I get a lot of real world haptic feedback that I kind of want to get. Uh, so I don't know if I like the idea of uh, something like that giving me more information than I need. I think sometimes you can have a bit of sensory overload going on. Um, when I'm walking down the street, if I've got blind square on, I've got voiceover talking over it as well. I've got uh, Apple Maps or Google Maps barking away instructions and the screen reading that as well. And I've got all that. And meanwhile, I've got a cane constantly telling me I'm going to walk into a hedge or a tree. And you know, all of this information is going in. And eventually, I'm just going to walk into the hedge or the tree and possibly out in front of a bus because I have absolutely lost all sense of what I'm supposed to be doing because there's so much information being barked at me. Um, so that that worries me a little bit about too much information coming through. I think I, I actually would love to see, and this is slightly off topic for a second, but I'd love to see iPhone or, or Google as well, I guess, come up with a solution for walking mode. So instead of driving mode where it kind of cuts all your... Um, 
notifications and puts your phone into do not disturb. I kind of want walking mode that does the same. So that when I'm going down the street, the only voice I'm hearing is the voice of the sat-nav rather than the voice of voiceover as well on top of the sat-nav. Um, you know, so that that's something one thing I'd really like. And maybe that would help with something like a haptic cane, for example. But my interest in haptics goes a little bit further than that because I think I've seen various prototypes over the years, one in particular, which was a, a Braille tablet that used haptic feedback so that when you run your fingers over the screen, the Braille would actually emerge from the screen haptically. And it was incredible. I mean, it wasn't perfect by any stretch, but it was an interesting idea. And that's an area that I think uh, haptics could be really interesting in. Because, I mean, you think about it, you run your hand over a keyboard or run a finger over a keyboard on the iPhone, it does feel like you're touching something. And if you can get that to, you know, recreate the six dots in the various patterns for Braille, then you could have a really interesting product there. And that could be something that's mainstream. It could have a huge, wide stream, uh, mainstream appeal. Yep. So, you know, that, that excites me. That really excites me. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I recall we've done several shows um, about touchscreen haptics and sort of the, the potential for them. And, you know, some of the, I think we actually talked to somebody in Europe that they were kind of working in that, in that realm, trying to sort of develop something. But it might be that the technology isn't quite there yet to really make it um, both a doable in terms of a consumer mainstream product that's in the right price point um, or like th the the haptics would have to be so sort of fine-tuned for something like braille to actually give a, a give really good braille we might not quite be there yet but I think you're right I think that that is probably something that that has that mainstream slash assistive technology applications that could really drive that forward in the coming years. Yeah, I agree. And I, I think it's a really exciting time for this because, you know, I've often said that the only way you get these products to work is, you know, if they can and, and get them low cost is if you make them mainstream. If you don't do that, if you continually live in the world of it has to be specialist, then it's going to cost thousands upon thousands of dollars for this to be made and therefore produced, yep. and it will never really make anyone any money, and we'll all be out of pocket for trying to buy it. So nobody wins, really. Uh, whereas if you can build it into a mainstream product, say a tablet, say an iPad or an Android tablet, that could be really interesting. And I see companies like Samsung who I must admit I've not paid a lot of t attention to and I've certainly not spent a lot of time on on the shows, but I'm really excited about what uh, Samsung are up to because they're doing a lot of work in this uh, accessibility field. I mean, TVs have got accessibility in them. One of the first companies to do that. Uh, you know, that's brilliant. You've got the, the tablets, which are often used by a lot of the specialist manufacturers, which are, I, well, gives me the argument to say, well, why can't we just get an app to download? Because that's essentially what it is. Um, why do I have to spend, you know, thousands upon thousands of dollars on a, a Connect 12 from Humanware, de you know, desktop video magnifier, when I could just get an app and, and buy a Samsung right. tablet, you know, for get an S6 Lite for you know, $600 or something, you know, that would be okay, wouldn't it? Um, 
so you know I, th I think that we're getting to that point where that technology can clearly uh, the technology that the companies are making like samsung and, and google and uh, apple with the ipad and all the rest that they're making the right technology um but it obviously has to move to the next step with haptic and i think it'll get there i think it will but i think you're right it's, it's early days so before we let you go, did you want to, we didn't spend much time, if any, on Double Tap TV or on the Circle Media. Did you want to just kind of bring us up to date on Double Tap TV and, and the Circle Media? Yeah, so um, so Circle's Media is uh, essentially uh, uh, the company, which is the business that is uh, what um, where uh, Double Tap Canada comes from, right? So that's uh, where that lives and circles media does lots of other work as well i'm involved in creating accessible websites uh, i'm also involved in uh, creating new content and and exciting content online i mean you you may have, may not have tried out double tap online which is our website and uh, really excited to develop that and we're going to do a lot more uh, there's also a new project coming soon, uh, which I'm hoping you guys might be involved in. Uh, so we'll say no more about that at the moment. But, you know, I'll happily come back on at some point and we can talk more about it uh, when, once I can release the information. Um, and, uh, yeah, Double Tap TV. Now, Double Tap TV came along and it was an interesting conversation, really. And I'm sure, you know, the, the guys at AMI won't mind me saying this. But, you know, at first I said no to the television show. I just said, like, no way. I am not. Do I can't do television. I'm an ugly guy. I'm Scottish. I'm fat. <laughs> this is terrible. Um, and they said, look, never mind that. Uh, <laughs> don't worry too much about that. And I also said, how on earth do you expect a blind guy to make a TV show? How's that going to work? And I know that's very defeatist and that's the wrong attitude, but it was my attitude. And I thought, I, I can't do this. I can't deliver a TV show every week. That would be insane. Uh, so then they put me in touch with this amazing guy called Marco Flalo, who is uh, Montreal-based, and he is just an absolute whiz. I mean, he can turn his hand to pretty much anything. And um, he had been producing a lot of TV shorts for AMI at that point. He'd been doing a lot of radio work. He, he does a lot of radio stuff and works on Sirius XM in Canada and all that. So he's, he's you know, knows his stuff and has been around for a long time. And he, uh, he and I had a chat. We hit it off instantly. And I must say at that point, it was at that stage, I said, right, you know what? I think I can do this. Uh, I feel better about it uh, because I just couldn't commit to it before. I just didn't feel I was going to be comfortable in it. And... Um, when Mark came along, it just felt right. And uh, we started the TV show uh, last year. Uh, started actually just at the end of last year, actually. Um, we had a bit of a run up to the year, at the end of the year. Um, and it was very exciting. I mean, completely new to me, uh, very different. Um, and just weird because, like, I mean, most of the time I have no idea if I'm even looking at the camera, <laughs> which is just <laughs> hilarious. Uh, and, and, you know, Mark will say, right, left a bit, left a bit, right a bit, right a bit, and there we are. Because um, I drift off when I'm, when I'm talking. I just kind of start, my head just starts to drift. A mm -hmm. um, bit like my wife's. She does that. She happens to her as well um, when I'm talking. Yeah. But, um, <laughs> yeah, it, it was good. It was really good fun. And I've, I've had great fun doing it. And uh, I, can't, I can't say too much about what's going to happen from September, but I, I'm kind of hoping that, you know, we'll still be around on Double Tap TV next year for a new season. Um, we'll wait to get the confirmation on that. But, 
you know, it is an exciting time because this is something no one else is doing, especially on, on television and actually YouTube as well, which is something we're really developing and working on. So, um, yeah, that's that's where Mark's company kind of fits into it all because Mark's company and my company work together to create this um, this beast that is Double Tap TV. Um, but I get to do the radio show as well, which is brilliant. And radio was my first love. It always was. And it will be my last. Uh, but I do like doing TV. I do. It is totally different, and I enjoy it. But, yeah, yeah, radio was my... <laughs> it's just easier on radio. You don't have to get dressed up for it. Exactly. You don't have to wear pants. <laughs> yeah, I'm all for that. Well, I don't... I'll, okay, maybe I shouldn't say this, but the great thing about the TV show is it's always shot from, you know, waist up. That's true. So I, you know, can get away with things on that, right? And that's all I'm saying, guys. That's all I'm saying. That's true, especially these days. I feel like all those news anchors that are working from home, you, they're, they're, none of them are wearing pants, let's be honest. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, I've got a fantastic pair of uh, Batman pants, <laughs> and I wear those um, a lot. <laughs> so you can think about that the next time if you're watching the show. You'll think, oh, he's wearing his Batman pants. How horrible. Um, <laughs> but no, it, it, it's great. And, you know, again, I, I, I love the opportunity to do it. And... Um, you know, yeah, it, it's, I never thought in my life this would be where I'd end up because I, I, I had no idea where I'd end up when I started out. Um, I mean, I thought I might do radio forever, and then I thought I might do news forever. So <laughs> I'm now thinking I might do this forever. Um, but I'm getting older now, so, you know, there's only so much forever left. But um, I'm, I'm enjoying this, and, and, you know, that's the that's half the battle, isn't it? Especially well, you guys doing this, you know, it's, it's just great fun. Well, as somebody who's blind and, and, you know, into podcasting, you know, I do want to say thank you to you, Sean, Tim, all the people at Double Tap Canada and the Double Tap TV AMI for the content you produce. It's entertaining. It's informative. Um, and you guys are great. You guys make it fun. So, you know, thank you. Oh, listen, we have an absolute blast. We get uh, far more credit than we deserve for it. Um, but, you know, I, I do love doing it with the guys. And, and Sean and Tim, you know, they were They've, I mean, they've just been brilliant, and you know we're starting to see more people come through, like Jay Taylor, who's becoming a regular guest on the show. Uh, we had Shelley Brisbane on recently; you might know. Um, she's amazing, so we're hoping to get her on more and um, loads more people um, and more Canadian voices. Hey, I, I, I think I personally think we should get some kind of get together at some point with all of you guys and all of us. I think we Ooh. should just all get together. Yeah. That'd be cool. Oh, that'd be fun. I, we we wouldn't get anything accomplished. <laughs> We never so do. Well, if you, you, you've heard Double Tap, right? I mean, you know how it works. Double <laughs> wrong show. <laughs> Absolutely. That'd be fun. Yep. We're in. Count us in. We will bring our tequila. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll let you go, Stephen, but why don't you give us and our listeners the information as to where and how they can find you? Yeah. Plug away. Plug away, sir. Okay, well, um, okay, so if you want to listen to the uh, Tech Talk program, which is the RNIB podcast, uh, that's done with uh, myself and uh, my good friend Robin Christofferson in the UK. Uh, that is uh, found on Apple Podcasts, Google Play Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts, basically. Uh, just search for RNIB Tech Talk. Uh, simple as that. And uh, if you search for that, or even ask your Lady A, as I call her, uh, then you can uh, get it that way as well. Just ask her to play the podcast, RNIB Tech Talk. If you want to listen to Double Tap in Canada uh, on the radio, you can do that on uh, AMI Audio, and that goes out, as I say, Thursday evenings at 8 p.m. Eastern. 
Uh, you can also get it on our website, doubletap.online. Uh, there's regular updates to the podcast, plus lots of additional content on there as well. And uh, you can also watch Double Tap TV Tuesdays, 8.30 p.m. Eastern on AMI-TV. Uh, again, all that is available on AMI's website. You can even download the AMI app in Canada as well. And you can watch all the shows to your heart's content. You can binge watch if you really want. I uh, strongly <laughs> encourage it. And, um, yeah, have a, have a, a go. You know, and, and I've got to say to you guys, thank you so much for letting me come on and talk about this because it means a lot having the chance to promote the show and talk about it. And I know I always have a laugh and I carry on about the guys and, and what we do, but, you know, truthfully, it's, it's an absolute joy and being able to promote it, it's actually a real honour for me. And I know the guys were really excited about me coming on because they were saying, oh, we can get a chance to get on these podcasts and we can own AT Banter and we can talk. And it's like, yeah, because, you know, the, the show's, you know, we it's nice to talk about the show and talk about what it's doing. And, you know, I'm, I'm glad it's making a difference. That's the whole point of it. Um, but we want to do it with having fun at the same time, and I'm glad that's coming across. Well, we'll definitely love to get you back on the show, and maybe we'll get the three of you on the show. Anytime. Yeah, well, likewise. I'm, I'm sensing a, a very big uh, get-together coming soon, so yeah, that, that would be brilliant. Let's do that. Yeah, definitely. I believe it's called Synergy. Mm-hmm. Oh, I hate that word. That's oh, terrible. me too. I hate that word too. Oh, that's <laughs> Business world. It's just uh, terrible. I know. Sorry. I was just trying to trigger Steve. It worked. Oh, God. It worked. With the word accessible. Like, <laughs> so frequently. It just, it's such a generic term. Ooh, ex- yeah, exactly. Ex-synergy. I, I just made a new word. Ex-synergy? Ex-synergy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a new show. <laughs> there you go. I got to go trademark that now. Yeah. Uh, well, hey, listen, thanks again so much for uh, for talking with us. It was a joy to have you on. Anytime you want to come on, sir, you just let us know. And uh, I won't say the word, Synergy. <laughs> you just said it. <laughs> Only on that you just deal. Said it. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> did use that word, yeah. Uh, no, that's great, guys. Thank you so much for your time. All right, sir. Take care. Have a good rest of your evening. Take okay. care, guys. Thanks take a lot. Care. Yeah, you too. Bye. Bye-bye. Always a good guy. That was fun. Steve, mm-hmm. I don't know if you guys have listened to any of the Double Tap Canada podcast, but they're, they're fun. They're good good guys. Well, I will now. Hey, Ryan. Rob. Where can people find us? They can find us online at atbanter.com. They can also drop us an email if they so desire, especially if your name is Jenny Lee Fleury and you want to email us to tell us that you've accepted our offer to come on the podcast, uh, that's cowbell at atbanter.com. Little little late on the cowbell there. Yeah, it's okay. I didn't leave, I didn't leave him space. I kind of... <laughs> but I'll, did you know you can also... You can also find us on the social media feeds. You can mm-hmm. find us on the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams. We're out there. Uh, well, then that is going to about do it for us this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. A big, big thank you to Stephen Scott, a.k.a. Steve2000. And uh, we will see everybody next week. This podcast has been brought to you by Canadian Assistive Technology, providing low vision and blindness solutions across Canada. Find us online at www.canastech.com. That's C-A-N-A-S-S-T-E-C-H dot com. Or call us toll free at 1-844-795-8324. 
For all your assistive technology servicing needs, call Chaos Technical Services at 778-847-6840 or find them online at chaostechnicalservices.com. Music provided by bensound.com. Whoa, look at that. Master of the one take.